the Apollo Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to Cash Land, the show where we fall ass backwards into the money after many technical difficulties. Uh, I, as always, am your host, Ben, joined by my esteemed co-host, Aaron. Aaron, glad we could figure out the, the headphone issue, and we're, we're back. Yeah, this is now two podcasts in a row, Ben. The, the, the technology is revolting against us. <laughs> it just doesn't want us to make all the money that we're making. At least you can you know, afford some new headphones with all the money you made last week. Uh, yeah, that not not exactly. Uh, I don't really play <laughs> those type of contests, but maybe if someone like on the side of the road was just giving away headphones for like a dollar or two, I could then use my winnings. But uh, you know, our betting winnings—that's that's a different story. Not not for me this week, but Ben, you had a big week on the uh, on our best bets segment. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly just making fun of you because this is you know one of the few weeks where I where I cashed and you didn't. Um, but yeah, the, our, just to recap last week real quick, uh, as a pod, what do, what do we make? We made 200 something dollars. No, 191. I won $260. Aaron lost 70. That was unfortunate. I should have crushed it, but, uh, I didn't let you talk me out of the Steelers plus eight in my, in my very last teaser, huh? Yeah, dude, I begged you to do the Packers instead of the Steelers betting against your own team in prime time, making you like have to root against them. But yeah, you would have had a perfect week. So you know, even though you didn't change your mind when I begged you to, you still, you know, crushed it with your other bets. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just looking back on it, I'm, I still, I mean, I just expected the Bills to Bills it up at some point. But, you know, as I thought about it and the week went on, I was like, I'm really picking the Steelers off of super short rest against like a pretty good defense. I don't know. I, I should have let you talk me out of it. Yeah, they had played a lot of games in a lot of days. But, uh, yeah, I had a good one. My only regret was... Uh, I had a big teaser with the Saints and the Packers, and I, I should have done the Chiefs and the Packers. I don't know why I put Taysom Hill in this teaser instead of Patrick Mahomes. So I'm very disgusted with myself for doing such a thing because I'm not even really a Taysom Hill truther. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's unfortunate. As far as like actual daily fantasy goes, I had a I had a very good week. I mean, there was a reason I was so amped up for last week. I really I really liked the slate for you know, our, our betting segment, but I also really liked the DFS slate. I thought it was probably the most interesting one of the year. So I cashed both my cash games and I had like a real tournament sweat. Um, I'm very glad I have this platform to rant on it because I really want to, I am never going to forgive the green Bay Packers and Aaron Jones for what they did to me. Um, if I would have just pivoted from Aaron Jones to like Jonathan Taylor and then picked the correct Denver Broncos receiver. I, I took Tim Patrick and I did not take KJ Hamler. If I would have done that, I probably would have won a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You had my attention whenever, you know, when you texted me and said you thought you needed roughly 40 or 50 points and you had like three guys left, I, I dropped everything and just started rooting for your lineup. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I really did. I, so, I mean, the, the start to the lineup was the bear stack with Trubisky, Montgomery Robinson, who all had about, you know, 30, 30 DraftKings points. Then I, I hit on T.Y. Hilton, Travis Kelsey, and the Cowboys defense. So that was the start to my lineup. I'm, like all of those guys went super overvalue. So I mean, yeah. if I just if I just would have hit on KJ Hamler instead of Tim Patrick and then Aaron Jones, I would be sitting in a yacht right now. Sitting in a yacht doing the podcast. Yeah, that was <laughs> I was impressed. I was rooting for your lineup. It's always fun to have a big tournament sweat. I uh, I had another really nice week in cash. I. I cashed my cash game lineup, and then I had a couple min caches in tournaments. I, I just can't get off the uh, the min cash schneid. I guess that's better than just outright not cashing at all, but I got to vault up into the higher tiers like you were this week, and I need to get one of those sweats going. Yeah, I mean, I, I basically doubled up my DraftKings account, so, I mean, that's, that's nice, but I, I don't think this is the week where I want to dump it all right back in. I, I really, I'm just going to be honest, I don't love a lot of the plays this week. Yeah, this is a trickier slate. We're going to get into it, but not many cheap options. You know, there's there was an exciting Thursday night game with a lot of good fantasy-relevant players. There's two uh, Saturday night games with a lot of guys we like to play. There's a Monday night game, so there's just less games in general, especially fantasy-relevant guys that we normally play. But we'll get to that later. But, yeah, I mean, you talked about a lot of the specific good calls that we had. The Bears was the main one. Uh, we talked about, you know, Austin Eckler – he was all right. Jonathan Taylor was really good. Uh, Curtis Samuel was solid. You know, I said play Travis Kelsey as much as you possibly can. 
and he smashed it once again. So, you know, we definitely had a lot of good calls out there. Yeah, you actually, you convinced me on Kelsey. I wasn't going to throw him in any lineups until you were so adamant about it. And then I, you know, I did and it worked out. It did work out. Um, Another thing to note from last week's pod, Ben, believe it or not, we made a gentleman's bet on Sam Donald <laughs> versus Mike Glennon. And it went poorly. Ben, you won the gentleman's bet five points to three. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of hard hitting fantasy analysis that you're getting here on, on Cash Landing. Yeah. So I actually recommended Mike Glennon as a play. So if anyone is listening and played Mike Glennon last week, like I did in a lineup, I apologize. Um, he was benched by halftime. I don't know what's worse, the fact that like I recommended him and he was benched by halftime or the fact that my guy was benched by halftime and your guy played the full game and only outscored him by two points. <laughs> yeah, it should you should have taken like a first half gentleman's bet prop. If we would have done a first half prop on Darnold versus Glennon, I think something we would have needed <laughs> to seek help immediately. Yeah, we need we need to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, Mike Glennon was the main L of the week. Um, you know, you you kind of had to take an L on Matt Ryan. They didn't do much. Uh, I yes, had to take an absolutely. L on Todd Gurley, and then you know Justin Jefferson was the only one. But uh, we had more good calls than bad calls last week. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, last week felt like the week it all clicked. So hopefully, we can keep going into this week. I don't feel quite as confident in this slate, but I do think there's definitely enough plays. I, you know, it's not like I'm gonna not roll out fantasy lineups and not expect to win money, but um, I I think it's going to be a more concentrated group of players this week for sure. I I have less of a of a gauge on who's going to break the slate. Yeah, I, I like the plays we have just as much as I normally do, but the problem is like I just don't like the create. I feel like there's not as much option to be creative. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean there's no there's no Kiki Kuti for three grand on this slate. There's no you know there's no crazy budget guys i would say exactly so you just have to be really careful with how you spend your money you can't just go crazy and you know spend way up at wide receiver running back like we have been but you know i guess it's time we just dive in and start go ahead and talking about this bad boy so i'll let you go ahead and start off with quarterback kind of what you're seeing here yeah i mean so i i like the top quarterbacks mahomes and and lamar jackson pretty evenly i think i might actually give the the nod to lamar jackson in cash just because i think you know baltimore is going to dominate jacksonville on the ground and a a good part of that is going to be lamar jackson but it's also like a super trap game for baltimore who are coming off that big game last week um you know jacksonville has been playing scrappy lately i i don't i don't really love it but if you want to run Mahomes out there, I mean, you have your Mahomes disclaimer. I'll just get it out for you. Mahomes is always a great play. I, I'm going to start my quarterback search at around 6,600. So if you want to talk about Mahomes, I'll let you go ahead and take it. Yeah, the only thing I really wanted to say about Mahomes is, you know, I went to build my fake cash lineup like I always do before the show, just to kind of get a gauge of the realistic ways to build a lineup. And I always try to start my cash lineup with Mahomes and Kelsey. And it just, it was not possible for me this week. If you can find a way to do it, more power to you. But I tried to just start my lineup with Mahomes and Kelsey and there was not enough money left because there weren't any cheap guys to play. So I'm going to have to fade one of them or even both in my cash lineup, which I don't like to do. But yeah, there's no way to stack Mahomes with either Hill or Kelsey in cash this week. So he's more of a tournament pivot this week. If And then you got to get real crazy in other spots if you even want to play him there. Yeah, I mean, we really don't like the budget options. Some somebody who you can, who I think you can start off with, you're going to save thirteen hundred dollars off Patrick Mahomes, and uh, the total is similar. I expect the air attack to be similar this week. Is going to be Tom Brady at sixty six hundred. Um, this is Tom Brady in a dome with all of his weapons healthy against the Falcons defense. So you, we know he hasn't been very good with the deep ball this week in a dome. It should certainly help him a little bit. I think this is about as safe as you can get in cash. Um, you can save a lot of money. That means you can, you know, you don't have to run out Leonard Fournette, who I don't particularly believe in this week. You can, you can have two real running backs. So uh, I definitely like Tom Brady as a cash game play. Maybe even stack him with one of those receivers. Yeah, I definitely don't mind Brady this week for all the reasons you just listed. Uh, I don't even think you need to stack him with anyone in cash because the, he spreads it so much. I think he can throw three touchdowns to three different players and you just take your 25 points from Tom Brady and get the rest of your points elsewhere in tournaments. You know, you pretty much have to stack your quarterback with someone if you want to get maximize your points, but I definitely agree. Uh, Tom Brady is a good way to start a cash game lineup. I do have other guys that I might like slightly more, but 
yeah, I agree with you for all the reasons you just liked uh, Brady right there. Yeah, I mean, you're about to talk about somebody who I also agree is a great play, so we're going to be on the same page here. I don't, I don't know who I like more out of Jared Goff and Tom Brady, but I, I know I like them both. Yeah, so Jared Goff is 6,300. Um, a couple facts about Jared Goff this week. He's playing the Jets. The Jets' secondary is 32nd in the NFL. The Jets' pass rush is 25th in the NFL. And this game is going to be played in Los Angeles in the Dome. So those are three pretty significant reasons why I really like Jared Goff. Um, we know the Jets' run defense. We've talked about it a little bit. The, the Jets' run defense is not that bad, and they just get killed through the air. The secondary has been downright terrible the last couple of weeks. We know whenever Goff has time to throw, he does really, really well. He is going to have so much time to throw. He might you know, read a couple chapters of a book before he decides who to pass the ball to because all these guys are going to be so wide open down the field. So Jared Goff is definitely, I feel like he's really safe and I just like him this week at this price. I would be surprised if Jared Goff could, not could, but still does read novels. I I would be, I would be shocked. Yeah. He's probably just more of a throw in the headphones and listen to music guy. Right. He doesn't read too many novels. Did you say, but, did you see on a, I don't know if you watch hard knocks. I was obviously watching it cause it was half chargers. The Jared Goff's house. He lives in a big mansion, obviously. And he has like a little uh, golf mat where he chips golf balls off of a balcony down to a putting green that's like 50 feet below. And it was it was sick. So I just wanted to get that out there because I, I agree mean, with having that one day. That is crazy. I didn't know that because I, I didn't watch Hard Knocks, but but that is nuts. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the coolest thing about Hard Knocks other than uh, Anthony Lynn not knowing how to use a microphone. That's probably a bad sign looking back. Yeah, I mean, now you've seen just the trickle down effect of not knowing how to use a microphone firsthand. It got worse. Oh yeah. Me and Anthony Lynn have a lot in common. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And the Rams are known as this, as this run first team and Cam Akers just got 29 carries last game. So I think that, you know, the, the passing attack may be taking a little bit of a backseat as far as ownership goes. I think, you know, Cam, I mean, I, I know we both think Cam Akers is a little bit of a trap this week, but I think other people might still be in on the Cam Akers train. But I, I really do think they're going to have to pass to score and to win the game. And so I like Goff and all of his pass catchers in in various formats. Yeah, we're definitely in agreement there. Um, there's a couple guys at 5,900 that I kind of like this week. Uh, one of them is going to be Phillip Rivers, uh, my quarterback before my new quarterback emerged. I do love Phillip Rivers. He'll always have a special place in my heart. But this week specifically, I think he's actually a pretty good option this week. Um Ben, the Texans' defense, in fact, did not turn it around last week. They remain a complete joke. T.Y. Hilton is peaking. The offense as a whole is just starting to really click. It seems like this is a good time to buy in on the Colts' offense in a dome against the Texans' defense. Phil should have enough time to throw to get the ball to these playmakers. I do like him here a little bit at 5,900. Yeah, I talked about it last week. There is no aspect of this Texans' defense that – is supposed to turn it around or that is expected to turn around. I mean, these are all, there's no rookies that play on this defense. It's all, you know, third, fourth year guys at minimum on that are just bad on a bad defense with bad schemes that are not improving. So, you know, that that's why we were so heavy on the bears last week. And that's why we're going to be heavy on the Colts this week as well. I think like every piece of this offense, I think has the chance to get to value, including Phil rivers, but Phil Rivers' pass catchers especially. I expect Naheem Hines to have another good week. I expect T.Y. Hilton to have another good week. Michael Pittman is just a great leverage play. We'll get to those guys in the other segments. But but Rivers is definitely going to you know benefit from being able to pick apart this defense without a pass rush and without a secondary. So I think Rivers is a great play. Actually, if you wanted to throw Rivers out in cash, I wouldn't blame you, but I'm probably going to pay up the 400 bucks for, for Goff. Yeah, I think I'll probably do the same thing. Um, I think a lot of people will be playing a $5,900 quarterback in cash, and it's not going to be Phillip Rivers. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a little more popular and maybe even the most popular guy on the slate outside of Lamar Jackson. He put up 23 points last week in his first game as a starter in a very tough matchup against the Saints. He now has the Cardinals this week, which is an average matchup. It's not easy. It's not too tough. Um, It's in a dome. Look, the big thing for him last week was he had 18 carries and he went over 100 rushing yards and then had one passing touchdown. So if you're of the belief that he can put up another 100 yards rushing, you should probably be locking him in at 5,900 because 
there's a good chance he'll score two touchdowns this week, rushing or throwing. Combine that with 100 passing yards and 100 rushing yards if you really think he's going to go there. Then he's a good play at that price. I, however, am skeptical enough that he won't be able to repeat that performance, that the Cardinals' defense will be able to put together a good game plan because he is still a limited quarterback. I don't believe in him as a passer yet. So I like him enough to mix him in, but I don't think he's like an absolute lock for me. Yeah, my biggest issue with Jalen Hurts is just that I would want to play him in tournaments, but I, I don't expect him to be the highest scoring quarterback on the slate, and there's nobody to stack him with. I don't know who he's going to pass the ball for a touchdown to if he even does it. Um, so you know he's tough to play in, in tournaments for that reason. I mean, if I if I if I if I play Jalen Hurts and miss out on the Jared Goff two touchdowns to Cooper Cup then, you know, that's just so many DraftKings points I'm leaving out on the table to play what is, you know, it's a volatile play, but he does have a floor with the running game. So I don't really know which format I even like him better in. I'm I'm probably going to be playing a little bit of him in both just because, you know, I, I'm going to need some exposure to a guy that everybody else has. But I, I definitely don't love it this week. Yeah, I think the best thing to do with, with Hertz for me personally would probably just to be play him by himself in cash and then maybe fade him in tournaments. I guess if I had to stack someone with him, it'd probably be like Dallas Goddard. That way I'm going really cheap at quarterback and really cheap at tight end, so I might actually be able to spend up a little bit at running back and wide receiver. But, yeah, I think you can definitely play him by your, by himself in cash, but I agree. I'm probably more likely to play Jared Goff. Yeah. Um, I mean, if that's all you got for quarterback, we move on unless you have anything else. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to go back to Mike Glennon coming off the bench this week. Um <laughs> Sam Darnold, probably a no-go. So, yeah, I think I'm good. I, I will mention, I think that Dwayne Haskins will probably have a decent day. Um, just because, the you know, the Seattle defense is so bad. Terry McLaurin is still there. He's going to be passing to J.D. McKissick all the time out of the, out of the backfield. They should be losing, so they should be airing it out. Uh, he's going to turn the ball over, but we saw Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin hook up enough times last year to know that they can do it. Yeah, maybe. I, Haskins might even be worse than he was last year is the problem. I don't know how that's possible for a young quarterback to get worse as another year, but I might be more inclined to maybe throw in a Nick Mullins lineup. We're going to get to 49ers later. We like them to score a lot of points as a team, so maybe he's part of it, but I'm probably not going to do it. I don't think I'm going to go below Hurts and Rivers this week at quarterback. Yeah, me neither, but it is, you know, it's good to at least discuss those guys. We can go ahead and move on to running back now. And, of course, it starts at the top with Derrick Henry, who – I have an existential crisis every time I look at his price tag because I just have no idea. And it's hard because he has shown that he will go out there and occasionally score like eight points for us. You know, he's gone over 30 points four times this year, but there was all, there's also been times where he has not come through at all. So it's kind of tricky to pay 9500 for him, but at the same time, he's in a perfect spot to go for 40 points. And if you don't have him, you're not going to win all the money. So it's like, if you really think he's going to score 45, you got to do it. But there's, I think there's a good enough chance that he doesn't, that 95 is just too much for me on this slate, I think is where I'm at. It's tough to fade him though. Well, at the same time, you know, if, if you're looking for Derrick Henry to go 3X, which is, you know, sort of the rule of thumb for value, I, you need him to score 30 points at this price tag. You, can, you can't have him score 22 that, no, that, you can't. Yeah, 22 is not going to be enough. So you, a, you're going to need the two a, touchdowns. That's a ton of – I mean, he can have a very good day and still not get there. So I don't know. Uh, I personally, I'm going to pivot to Alvin Kamara a lot this week at 7,400. I think Alvin Kamara is going to be in most, if not all, of my lineups. Uh, I mean, the big thing is I haven't played him in weeks because it's been the Taysom Hill show and basically all of the you know rushing attempts or little screen passes that Kamara would get. Taysom Hill was then running out of the backfield. But Drew Brees is back, and he's not going to be doing that. And he is going to be dumping off to Kamara a lot, so I like Kamara a lot more this week. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I absolutely love Kamara this week. You mentioned the return of uh, dump off Drew Brees. That was huge. Kamara, it was crazy how he went from like running back wide receiver, like running back one in fantasy, no doubt about it, to this guy that was barely even being used in the offense just because Drew Brees was gone. Look, they're playing the Chiefs. There's a 52 total. It's in the dome. If they get behind, that's just going to lead to them passing, and Drew Brees is going to be dumping it off even more to Kamara. 
There's no Michael Thomas. We saw what this offense was like early in the year with Drew Brees and no Michael Thomas. It was a lot of balls to Alvin Kamara. 7400 a full $2,000 cheaper than Henry. I mean, I'm going to play him over Henry as well and just spend my $2,000 elsewhere. And I, Because I think there's a perfectly good chance that he outscores him as far as raw points, not even just value. Yeah, and it's a you know it's a two thousand dollars savings, which goes like, which is basically three tiers of tight ends if you if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, exactly. There's just so much you can do with the two thousand, and some slates you need the two thousand more than others. This is definitely one of the slates where you need the two thousand dollars. Yeah, for sure. And then I mean, so I think that we can agree those are sort of like running back. Those are those running backs are in a tier of their own. Dalvin Cook is up there as well, but he he has a tough matchup this week, and I don't expect him to actually break the slate. He'll probably still have a good week, but I like Kamara more. Um, but the next tier down is sort of you know this Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery tier. What what, what are you thinking about this one? Yeah, I think they're basically the same price. Taylor's just two hundred dollars more expensive. I basically group them together. You're probably not playing both of them, although you can. So I just think we need to have the talk about which one we want to prioritize. So the thing for me is Montgomery is more secure in his touches, I feel like. He's been the constant of the offense the entire year, whereas Jonathan Taylor, his touches have been a little bit more up and down, but they have been steady lately ever since he came back from the one week, um, you know, the one week where he didn't play. He's been getting the touches. I think I'm actually going to lean Jonathan Taylor here just because the matchup is better because, you know, he's playing the Texans and David Montgomery's going up against the Vikings. The Vikings aren't terrifying, but... They're not awful against the run. I just think Taylor has too much upside to fade him in a really good matchup. So I'm definitely going to have a little bit of Jonathan Taylor this week, and I do like him more than Montgomery. Yeah, I think we are on the same page here because I'm also going to have Taylor this week. I think Minnesota's defense is like the like the litmus test. It's like the barrier line of a defense that the Bears might not be able to score three touchdowns against. Uh, and so that just limits, you know, their fantasy production as a whole. We were all in on them last week. I'm, I'm much, I'm, I'm not nearly as in on them this week, uh, just because of the the change in defenses. So, Jonathan Taylor crushed the Texans when he played them two weeks ago. There's no reason he can't do it again. Um, again, I think both of these Colts running backs are going to get worked in a lot. I think Taylor probably gets 20 touches, and I think he he makes a lot out of them. Yeah, we're definitely in agreement there. Um, another place where we agree is. We both, I think Cam Akers might get a little bit of traction this week. I think some people might be feeling Cam Akers after his 31 touches last week. He put up 30 fantasy points. It was a really great performance by him. The thing is, we talked about it, the Jets run defense. It's a lot better than their pass defense. People are going to see the game log and they might jam them in the lineups, but the Rams are likely to be up by a lot of points in this game. There's going to be no reason to feed Cam Akers the ball 31 times again. They can just go back to their running back by committee this week, you know, ice the game away because they have a huge game versus the Seahawks next week where they're going to need and want a healthy and rested Cam Akers for that game a lot more than they will need him to run up the score against the Jets. So I I personally am fading Cam Akers this week. I'm hoping, I'm hoping his ownership is high because I don't think he's going to be the play this week. Yeah, I, I have nothing to add here. We We totally agree on Cam Akers this week as well. Yeah, another guy that I like that's a little bit cheaper than Cam Akers is going to be DeAndre Swift. Uh, I think it's a sneaky good spot. They eased him in. It was his first game back last week after he missed three games, but I think he's going to get his normal workload back here, which is usually 13 to 16 carries with about three to five targets. The Tennessee Titans defense is 26 overall in defensive DVOA. The total is 51 and a half. It could be a sneaky shootout. So I think Swift is definitely, there's a chance he goes for like 25 and like, breaks the slate on a small level. You know, he is 6,400, so it's not like he's free, but I think he is a good pivot, and he's kind of just in that no man's no man's land where people are going to overlook him, but I think he could have a nice day. Yeah, I don't hate it as a tournament pivot. I will say he's just a little too expensive for me. I don't know if I'm going to sneak DeAndre Swift into any lineup at 6,400 just because that's, I mean, that's a lot of money. There's, But, I mean, yeah, part of your reasoning is that he is in that no man's land up there, so I, I don't mind it. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm definitely in agreement there. I'm just going to mix him into a couple tournament lineups, and that's mainly because uh, I'm going to let you take this next guy who I like a lot more and who's cheaper. Yeah, so Raheem Mostert is, is $5,800. Um, 
it's been a while since I actually since both of us targeted the most value position in fantasy football, which is the 49ers running back in a Kyle Shanahan offense. And I think it's time we get back to it because Raheem Mostert finally appears to be healthy. He's been dealing with lower body injuries at different points for this entire year, but he, it does look like he's healthy. We know that he is the main guy when he is healthy. So uh, the Cowboys are horrible defensively. Um, there is no reason why Mostert shouldn't run all, all over this team for two touchdowns the way that we've been seeing for the past like two years. Yeah, I agree. The Cowboys are due to get absolutely shredded on the run. Kyle Shanahan, you know, has been, I'm sure he's been having a really fun week watching film, knowing he's going to, you know, beat up this Cowboys run defense in a lot of different ways. We know Mostert has the breakaway speed to rip off a really long touchdown. I think Mostert has a really nice day. And then I think we do see one of those 60, 70 yard explosion touchdown runs this week. So I think my go-to cash combination, Ben, is going to be Alvin Kamara and Raheem Mostert for me. Yeah, I mean, and that's a that's a, that's a great start to the lineup with the running backs. Uh, another guy that I have here, I already talked about him. Naheem Hines is fifty two hundred dollars. I mean, listen, I'm not saying he's going to outscore Jonathan Taylor, uh, but I am saying that he could. Uh, I'm still not sold that Jonathan Taylor is going to be this workhorse back, you know, at week to week. Um, I also think that they can both easily get to value in this weird offense that uses everybody. Uh, the Texans are the exact type of team that gives up these long receiving touchdowns out of the backfield. So uh, I'm going to be giving Hines some, some love in my lineups. And they also keep giving Hines like a bunch of in between the tackles touches. And Frank Reich is like on record saying they think he's just a good running back between the tackles as well. So um, I like Hines. Um, It's not like I'm playing Jordan Wilkins as well, but I definitely like the top two running backs. Yeah, I I am with, uh, I I'm in agreement there with Frank Reich because every time Hines has a carry, I'm like presently surprised because he looks nice out there. It's it's weird. Phil, it's like Philip Rivers went in the time machine and he's just got his brand new Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler combination because that's like exactly what this reminds me of. Yeah, and I mean we were. I mean, I you know Eckler is obviously better than Hines, but we, we remember Austin Eckler just completely took over that backfield. You know, at about week eight of that season. Yeah, another guy who I just want to mention who I'm not going to be playing, but. Uh, Leonard Fournette might get a little bit, he will get more action this week. Ronald Jones broke his pinky and had surgery on it. Uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to him and his pinky, but he's not going to be playing this week. Fournette's going to be the main running back. He's 4,500. I'm not going to do it because Fournette's not very good. He's not good at catching passes. The Buccaneers throw it a lot in the red zone and the Falcons run defense just isn't that bad. It's not near as bad as their pass defense. I think it's going to be mainly a big day for Brady. I don't think they're going to try to establish the run as much without Ronald Jones. So I'm going to fade Fournette, but it is a little tempting just because there's not many running backs down there that are playable, and he figures to get you know pretty much all the carries at 4,500. Yeah, I mean two other two other guys I'll mention. I, I don't have a whole lot of analysis on them, but I mean JD McKissick. I mentioned him when I talked about Dwayne Haskins. I think he he's still in line to catch all of the passes out of the backfield that he normally would, and it's against the Seattle defense. So um, I think McKissick is a fine play at 5,700, and also Damian Harris. If you're if you really want to go down to you know you you need six hundred dollars to pay up elsewhere, you can't pay up for Raheem Mostert. Damian Harris is 5,100. He should, you know, run for 80 yards and a touchdown against a Miami defense that is more vulnerable to the run than it is to the pass. And we know that New England is going to run the ball. So I don't hate those plays either. There's a little more cheap plays that I like than I thought at first glance, but I don't love either of those guys for sure. Yeah, I actually do like the Damian Harris call a little bit. I've I've been on the the Damian Harris bandwagon for a while. He has been very frustrating that he has not gotten the touchdown. Um, the one day he was going off against the Chargers, like I thought he would, but then they just got up by so many points they didn't need to use him anymore, and he didn't get the touchdown. So he is due for a touchdown. Not sure he'll get it because he's on the Patriots, and you never actually know who's going to score. Cam Newton gets a lot of the red zone usage, but I do think Damian Harris is pretty sneaky, and I probably will end up throwing him into – you know, a couple lineups. Yeah. And I mean, don't say we didn't, don't say we didn't warn you, but Miles Gaskin is not playing once again. Salvin Ahmed is questionable. If it turns out he is playing, he did have, you know, 12 rushes and, and six targets last week. So they suddenly were working him into the pass game. If that continues, I could see him providing some value as well against a, a bad new England defense. Yeah. So just a couple of things to keep your eye on there as we get more injury news, as we get closer to kickoff, but I'm about ready to move on to wide receiver here. 
Yeah, same. Wide receiver is where I really don't have any any budget plays. Yeah, it's it's very tough. Um, two, I mean, you can always play the guys at the top. You know, Metcalf. You know, they're the guys at the top aren't in particularly great spots. It's not great matchups, but you know, Metcalf, Tyree Kill. If you can play them, good for you because they're probably going to score a bunch of fantasy points. The first couple guys I really want to talk about though are going to be the Rams guys, uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. They're both probably in line to do well. You know, you're probably going to want to pick one. I just have a gut feeling on Cooper Cup. Uh, he only has three touchdowns this year, and Cooper Cup's main thing is usually he dominates in the red zone. He puts up a lot of touchdowns every year. I feel like he's due to have a multiple touchdown game. No better spot for it to come than this week at home against the Jets. So if I had to pick one, I just have a gut feeling on Cooper Cup, but Robert Woods is obviously in a good spot too, and he was getting a lot of targets here pretty recently. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much default to Cooper Cup over Robert Woods, especially when they're priced so similarly. Cooper Cup's only 200 bucks more. Um, so I, I, I agree. If I, if, I, if I have to take only one, I'm going to take Cup. Obviously, I'm going to diversify across my lineups and have Robert Woods in some. Um, but, you know, if you were asking me to make only one lineup, it would have Cooper Cup in it I, for all the, I mean, for the reasons you just said, I mean, he's, he's more of the red zone threat. He's just always the, the boom guy. Robert Woods is the consistent guy and Cooper Cup is the guy who might catch three touchdowns. Yeah. And you never know when, you know, he's just going to scheme him open for 14, 15 receptions. And that could definitely be this week if they feel necessary. The thing is it, they're going to be, they're all going to be so wide open. So it's just going to be up to Sean McVay for who he wants to play. We just need to find out who Sean McVay is playing in his DFS lineups. That's <laughs> yeah, going to be the guy. It's going to be tragic when two of them go to Higby and one goes to Gerald Everett or something. Yeah, and then we look up at the Millionaire Maker and like Sean McVay two eight nine <laughs> is winning with a Higby and Everett stack. Shawnee M, yeah, <laughs> that would be tilting to lose the NFL. <laughs> gosh, that feels like it would be frowned upon. Yeah, you would think so. The Next guy I want to talk about, who again I already sort of talked about, was is Terry McLaurin at sixty six hundred. Um, I just think this is a good McLaurin spot. the The hype train has died down on Terry McLaurin a little bit because Alex Smith, you know, took all the center and he's not throwing a whole ton of deep balls to Terry McLaurin down the field. You know who is probably going to throw a ton of deep balls to Terry McLaurin down the field is Dwayne Haskins, who we saw do it for an entire season last year. I agree with Aaron; he's not very good. He somehow even got worse. However, this is the Seahawks <laughs> defense. Uh, you will not be able to convince me that he can't get Terry McLaurin the ball. Um, I like him to catch a deep bomb just at any point during this game. And then, you know, the, any other production is going to be, is going to be gravy. Yeah, I am. I'm a little scared to do it, but I'm not unwilling to do it because I do like Terry McLaurin. I, I like the Rams guys more. Haskins scares the crap out of me, but you know, it is Terry McLaurin. He did get him the ball last year. That's worth something. So I'm willing to do it, but I'm not doing it without caution and fear. <laughs> I think I'm less fearful. Other people, I'm less fearful of you than in general. I think I feel like I recommend these guys every week, and and you push back, and you know for good reasons. Is uh, are the Bucks' big two receivers, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? I'm gonna have a little bit of both of them in lineups. I know they flopped last week super hard. <laughs> Tom Brady didn't really get the ball to either of them very consistently. I think that might keep ownership down. I just truly have no idea who on the Atlanta Falcons is supposed to cover these two guys in a dome. I don't even think Tom Brady has to be particularly good this week to get them the ball. Um, the Falcons are pretty good against the run. I don't expect Leonard Fournette to take up a whole ton of usage. So, yeah, just uh, the Bucks big two receivers, I kind of like them both. Yeah, I think just the main reason I push back is if you just go through the game logs, how many times have, you know, is there a score that's like won you a tournament I just feel like it's way less than the times that they've killed your lineup just because you don't know where the balls are going. Like, is there, there's a good chance one of them goes for 20 plus this week, but there's been plenty of weeks where they just split it and like each get 14 Antonio Brown gets like 10. It just scares me. But if you happen to pick the right one, you know, you're going to be in a good spot. So I don't, I don't hate diverse. If you're going to play a ton of Tom Brady, then yeah, just mix up a bunch of them. But you know, if you're like me, I'm probably just going to have like one Tom Brady lineup. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go crazy with them. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you, you give good reasons for, for avoiding them, but I just, I believe every week and I'm not stopping yet, even though it's week 15. Yeah, <laughs> you only so many more weeks you can do it. You know, we'll be in the <laughs> Super Bowl and then will be out here 
play Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in the captain slot. Find a way. But you heard you heard it here first. Aaron's predicting the Buccaneers to make the Super Bowl. Oh no, I don't don't put that take on me. Those games are played in prime time, way past Brady's bedtime. So <laughs> I'm I was there at the beginning of the year. I have now jumped off that bandwagon temporarily. I don't know. We'll we'll have the playoff discussions when we get to the playoff discussions. Right now, I want to talk about Brandon Ayuk at sixty three hundred dollars because he is indoors playing against the Dallas Cowboys. There is no Debo Samuel. There is no George Kittle. Ben, the last four games that Ayuk has played in, th- these are his targets. 10, 14, 9, and 16 targets that came just last week. The guy's an absolute monster. He's having a breakout rookie year. I really like him this week. I am either going to have Mostert or Ayuk in every single lineup that I build, and I definitely am okay with playing both of them in the same lineup. Yeah, no, I I love the call. I have no criticism for this call at all. I think Ayuk is a great play. Yeah, okay. Glad we're in agreement there. I will let you take the guy that uh, torments your ex-franchise. <laughs> yeah, uh, T.Y. Hilton is $5,500 uh, this week. T.Y. Hilton absolutely owns the Houston Texans. It is unbelievable. Uh, he's also had three very good weeks in a row. Um, he... He played. I mean, the reason why he's so good against the Texans, I think, is because both of these stadiums are domes, and he is just a unbelievable dome receiver. Um, so you know, again, he's he's in a dome this week. He's fifty five hundred dollars. He has not gone under twenty DraftKings points the last three weeks. Phil Rivers finally appears to be able to get him the ball, which it didn't look like he was going to be able to do for the first ten weeks of the year. I this is just a great play at at a great price. I had him last week. I'm going to have him again. Yeah, he almost won you all the monies last week. That was exciting. It's it's always tough because my my TV setup just seems to be like a minute ahead of yours. So you were texting me, you needed all these points. And then T.Y. Hilton caught the 50-yard bomb. And I was like, oh, man, that's going to win Ben so much money. And I just didn't text you because I wanted you to see it. It was, it was tough. Yeah, and then, I, and then I text you two minutes later, like, bang. <laughs> yeah, you text me bang. And I'm like, okay, I saw that 30 minutes ago. Cool, dude. But <laughs> it's still fun. Um. You also, I really like that you have Michael Pittman listed here because this seems like a perfect leverage spot. T.Y. Hilton's been crushing it lately. He's got the narratives going against the Texans, against the Dome. Um, Michael Pittman's going to come in way lower owned, but he's got just as much upside, I think. So I think that's a perfectly, that is a really good leverage spot there if you're willing to do it. Yeah, especially I keep I mean I I keep convincing myself to take Mike Evans week after week just because he's the red zone threat and I'm like well he you know he can always catch two touchdowns. Same thing with Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is six four and nobody in the, on the Houston secondary is going to be able to cover this man. So you know forty eight hundred that's a great it's a great price and a great uh, leverage pr- play for sure. If you wanted to go the other side of that game, I still think you can get value out of Kiki Kuti. His price has come up. We played him at 3K. He's 5,300 now. You can go back to that week 13 pod. It's going to be all the same reasons that I said then. He put up 25 points against the Colts that week. Their their defensive strategy just emphasizes the Houston offense throwing to a slot receiver so much. It's the funnel defense. They eliminate the big play. They don't let you, they don't let you get the ball to Brandon Cooks downfield. He probably won't boom like he did at the 3K price range, but I think it's a good, you know, cheapish cash play of which there are not very many on this on this slate. You are correct. There are not very many on this plate. Uh, this slate. One guy that I think is playable in down in this cheap range is Russell Gage at forty seven hundred. Um, he might have a favorable game script. We talked about how we think the Buccaneers will have a big day, so the Falcons will be playing from behind as they are. Uh, they tend to do that. This game is indoors, where the Falcons are better. Russell Gage, whenever Julio Jones is out, he has had constant uses this year. Julio Jones is out, so I think Gage is relatively safe at 4,700. I have no problem throwing him in a cash game lineup to you know make the rest of my lineup look better. Yeah, I have no problem with, with Russell Gage, and I think it is a cash-only play. I don't think he's going to boom in tournaments. I have two guys who might actually boom in tournaments. Uh, they are Jameson Crowder and C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is 4,500. Jameson Crowder is 4,400. The problem I'm, I'm going to go over Crowder first because there's more things to discuss here. Crowder, his injury is listed as calves, plural. <laughs> so I'm not really 100% sure what's going on there. But if he does play, they're not going to shadow him. The Rams, that I mean, I mean, obviously the Rams defense is very good. And I don't expect the Jets to get a whole lot going, but two touchdowns is not completely out of the question. They're not going to shadow Jamison Crowder because Denzel Mims is available. He's going to be on the outside. Crowder's going to you know, move in the slot the way that he does. 
So I think Crowder is probably the best like save money play down here if he does end up actually playing because he is still questionable. But I also think CeeDee Lamb is fine. Both of these guys can blow up and help you win a tournament. I mean, CeeDee Lamb at 4,500 against a, a, you know, a mediocre defense. I, it's not mediocre. Sorry, the 49ers defense is good, but the pass defense is, is, is middle of the road. Uh, I just think they can both blow up. Yeah, I am definitely more inclined to play CeeDee Lamb out of those two. I'm going to be honest, I don't I'm probably not going to end up clicking on either one of them just because I just don't really see it. You know, the only thing with CeeDee Lamb I don't like is easy. Andy Dalton does seem to really like Amari Cooper. He's been going to him consistently more than he has CeeDee Lamb, but it it could be a big day for CeeDee Lamb, especially if the 49ers are able to put up quite a few points. You said it's not completely out of the question for Jamison Crowder to score two touchdowns. That statement is true, uh, I guess, in theory, but I have a hard time believing the Jets as a team this week are going to put up more than 10 points on this Rams defense. So if I guess it could always happen in garbage time, but even if there is garbage time, he might just get benched with his, you know, plural calves. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I misspoke. Actually, I meant that, I, you know, I thought the Jets are going to score two total touchdowns. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them went to Crowder and he got you value that way. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. I thought you were saying Crowder's going to score two. I was like, I don't even know if the Jets are going to score one. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm probably more inclined to play Lamb out of those two, but I don't hate it. You could you could click on worse guys. Crowder would have to convince me he was healthy somehow because, I mean, he didn't look like it last week for sure. Yeah, I would need pregame footage of him doing jumping jacks or, you know, calf raises or something. <laughs> yeah, doing whatever it is that – would make me believe in a calves plural injury to be gone away. What is the, what is that? How do both of your calves hurt? I'm trying to think. Um, I don't really have a great explanation for it at the top of my head. Like, are you just jump roping and you just go down immediately? Like, <laughs> I don't know. You just fall to the ground in pain just because you don't want to do stupid jet stuff and practice. So I don't know. I don't know. It, How does it, we need to ask him? We need to have him on the pod. It does sound like a fake Jets injury. Like, get me off this team. My calves exactly. hurt. My calves hurt. <laughs> but they're still going to play. He played last week. I was so ready to lock in Braxton Berrios and freaking Jameson Crowder. I had to play through the injury. That was annoying. But whatever. I, we can stop talking I, about the Jets. I, I still lock, I still locked in Braxton Berrios and some. But yeah, you, you're right. We can we can move on to tight end. Yeah, uh, my typical tight end disclaimer. Travis Kelsey, I still don't think he's expensive enough. He's up into 8K. I think he should be like 8.6 or 8.7. Play him if you can. It is very difficult to play him this week. I will give you that. But he's he's been just an absolute lock to score over 20, 25 fantasy points. He's going to do it again. Patrick Mahomes loves this man. I love playing him. So if you can, do it. But if you can't, I understand. Yeah, I, I'm. we haven't talked about the Ravens very much this on this slate. It, to me, this feels like that classic Mark Andrews just double up on touchdowns in the red zone week, especially against Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville is currently operating an M1 Abrams tank right to the draft. Uh, <laughs> so, I, you know, I just I kind of expect them to leave him wide open whenever Lamar Jackson isn't running all over the defense, kind of. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to justify paying up for both Lamar and Andrews because you're going to have to go cheap somewhere else. And we've already mentioned that. There's not too many options to do that, but there are some that I like, so I'll probably have a lineup doing it. Yeah, um, Logan Thomas has established himself as a very safe play. He's kind of in there with me in the TJ Hawkinson range, but you're going to get a discount on Logan Thomas. He's only 4K, and he's just been really solid lately. The usage has been there. I'm worried about the quarterback change, but I still think you can mix him in. He's relatively uh, a good, he's a good play. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, no problem with that one. Yeah, and then we talked about the Rams guys. Um, Irv Smith, it looks like Kyle Rudolph's out again. I guess Rudolph is preparing for Christmas. He can't be wasting time catching footballs from Kirk Cousins. So Irv God, Smith is going to be – God, you're so clever. I'm still doing it. I'm, I'm <laughs> doing it until Christmas passes. So, yeah, Irv Smith, though, only tight end available. He, put, he made some nice plays last week. I think he's in a good spot to do it again. The Bears have been uh, sneaky bad against the tight end position this year. Yeah, I've been I've been I've been in on Irv Smith ever since Rudolph went down, so I'll probably be in on him again. Um, I will say Jordan Reed is a decent play at thirty two hundred. Um, I mentioned it last week. If you, you know, if you want a more detailed analysis, but basically Jordan Reed is just a high upside play because he's so athletic and and talented on the football field until he gets a concussion in the third quarter. Um, 
Cole Komet, if you're looking for the opposite side of that spectrum, is like a super safe play, I think, without the upside. He's only 3K, but he's super involved in the Bears offense. He's probably going to get you 10 fantasy points and nothing more. But Trubisky does like looking his way. Yeah, I was going to list Cole Komet also, and you did it for me. He has been a lot more involved lately. It was frustrating to see Jimmy Graham get the get the red zone fade in the touchdown last week, but Komet has been more involved. He's kind of the guy there. Um, in my fake cash game lineup that I built before the show, I ended up using Cole Komet in my tight end, which did allow me to get to Travis Kelsey in my flex. So I, I double tight end. I think double tight end is fine as long as Travis Kelsey is involved because he's not really a tight end. He's just a, a large man that scores you 30 fantasy points. Yeah, he is just a large man that scores you. Man, I forgot about that. Jimmy Graham absolutely mossed that Texans defender in the secondary. I totally forgot about that play. Until Without just... even breaking a sweat, he just reached his arms out, grabbed the ball, <laughs> and then jogged to the sideline. It was really kind of unbelievable. That was vintage Jimmy Graham right there. He made it look so easy, and the Texans defender just looked so helpless, but that's just how it's gone this year for that defense. It's so good. All right, so we're going to go ahead and transition into our stack segment. Uh, we talked about stacks sort of all the way through here, but just a, a quick refresher. We're going to go over the chalky stacks we like and then some st- sneaky stacks that we like for you to get a little contrarian. So I'll start off with the chalky stacks. Um, I like the Rams passing stack. We talked about a lot. I like every piece of the Colts offense. I honestly can't even limit it because I'm going to be playing a lot of them. And I also like the Bucks passing stack. I know that it hasn't really gotten there this year, but I just think one of these weeks is going to be the week, and we're running out of weeks to get it done. So maybe week week fifteen is the week. The week that the Bucks score all the points and all the wide receivers go for thirty, you're going to be so rich that I'm worried you're not even going to do the podcast with me anymore. But. <laughs> well, I, I I will say I don't really include Antonio Brown. I think Godwin and Evans are the ones that 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 go big this week, particularly. Yeah, I got you. Um, my chalk guys that I like, I think Alvin Kamara will end up being chalk instead of Derrick Henry, but I'm definitely going to go the route of the chalk because I like Kamara over Henry regardless of the ownership. And then, yeah, the Rams passing attack. Those are those are the chalky stacks that I'm willing to play anyway. Uh, all right, we're, we're going to move on to the sneaky contrarian stacks. I mentioned it before, Haskins, McLaurin, McKissick. I really like that one. I don't know how much Dwayne Haskins is really going to be dumping off to McKissick, but I can't – like. I, I don't think it's going to be as much as Alex Smith. I still think it would be it will be enough to get McKissick to value. Um, and then also, I didn't talk about the Dolphins very much on this slate, if at all. Um, but Tua and then Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki are both questionable. If they all play, I like them against a bad New England defense. Ooh, that is sneaky. Yeah, I don't know if I can do a rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick after what he just did to my rookie quarterback. <laughs> that, that personally hurt my feelings. So, yeah, that's sneaky. If you play Tua, then he's going to come in at like one person owned. So he could very well win you all the money. Uh, probably won't, but yeah, that's definitely sneaky. Uh, my sneaky ones are paying up for all the Chiefs. If you can somehow make that happen, that would be very contrarian this week because there's just not many ways to do it. So if you can somehow get like Mahomes and Tyree Kill, that would be pretty sneaky this week. And then I think maybe going back to the well on the Bears, uh, we mentioned that anytime they're playing an average defense, they're always at risk to make a complete fool of themselves and score zero touchdowns. But I think the Vikings defense is just shaky enough to where uh, Mitch could have one more good week in him. So I think maybe going back to the Bears passing, the passing attack could be a little sneaky and it might work one more week for you. Yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. Actually, I, I mentioned that I thought the Vikings are like, you know, the dividing line between a defense that the Bears can score on and a defense they can't. So I think you go either way. Yeah, so that's probably worth the tournament flyer. But yeah, with that, I'm ready to get to some bets here. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll let you go ahead and kick it off. Yeah, so as I, as I tend to do, I'm going to start off with a two-team six-point teaser. I'm going to take the Packers down to minus two on Saturday night. And then I'm going to take the New England Patriots up to eight and a half against the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to bet 240 to win 200. Ben, I feel really sharp here. Uh, The main thing with teasers that all the sharp people say you want to do, you want to cover every single key number. The key numbers are three, four, and seven, because that is what most NFL games typically land on. So the ideal teaser is going from two to eight or eight down to two. I'm doing that with both of these. I feel very sharp in doing so. I think the Packers are way too good to mess around and lose to a Christian McCaffrey-less Panthers at home with a bye on the line. 
And then Bill Belichick, he's 9-0 versus the last nine rookie quarterbacks he has faced. He does very well against his former coaches, which Brian Flores is. And then, look, the matchup is pretty good for the Patriots here. The Dolphins are really good against the pass, and they are very weak against the run. Well, the Patriots can really run the ball, and they can't throw it anyway, so that doesn't really matter for them. I really like the matchup. So, yeah, I'm going to go across all the key numbers here, and I – Give me the Packers and the Pats in this teaser here. Yeah, I, I think that's a winner for you. I really like that bet. And I also really like your your reasoning for the bet. The only flaw I think is may, maybe in there is that I actually, I think I like the Panthers defense a little bit more than you do, but uh, you are right. And the, the Packers should definitely win. Um, I have a, a rather large should not lose parlay. If, if, if you're interested in that, it's only two teams. Um, I got the 49ers money line and the Buccaneers money line. Um, put those together and you get plus 121 odds. So I'm betting $300 to win $361. Basically, I'm betting on these teams with defenses against teams that do not have defenses. <laughs> uh, the Buccaneers, I think that they will just make the Falcons' life difficult on defense. I also think they're going to score a bunch. I mentioned that I'm going to roll out a, a Buccaneers stack. And the 49ers especially, they should just be in Andy Dalton's face all day. We know he's not very good under pressure. I expect the 49ers to get pressure on him. The The Cowboys line is still decimated by injuries. Uh, Dalton is also coming off of his revenge game. I just, I think that the 49ers are going to remind him what a real defense looks like and what a real non-tanking team looks like. Yeah, I think that's likely a winner for you. The 49ers are pretty much out of playoff contention. Um, this game is in Dallas, and I think Dallas might have the better quarterback. It all depends on which Nick Mullins you get. Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's absolutely terrible. But, you know, if I had to pick a winner, I'd definitely pick the 49ers. So I do like that bet there for you. Uh, hopefully it comes through. That is a that is a sizable wager, Ben. 300 bucks right off the bat. You're not messing around this week. Yeah, I mean, I just noticed that. I mean, I, I believe in the 49ers a lot more than the odds do this week. And so, you know, I was going to throw throw bucks and and – you know, some, some greater favorite in there because the 49ers are only, you know, minus 160 or something. Uh But I think that the 49ers should be like minus 250. I'd still probably bet it. Yeah, I got you. So I do like that bet for you. Um, I also really like the Buccaneers. Like you talked about, I like them enough to take them straight up uh, minus six and a half against the spread here against the, um, the terrible team that they are playing, which is the Atlanta Falcons this week. I'm going to bet 115 to win a hundred. Look, we know the Buccaneers like to blitz. We know they're very good at getting pressure on the quarterback. They're going to be in Matt Ryan's face all day long. Matt Ryan is not great under pressure, especially when he does not have Julio Jones to get the ball to, which he won't this week. The Falcons absolutely will not be able to run the ball against the Buccaneers this week. We talked about Tom Brady all pod long. He's going to be able to move the ball. He's going to be able to put up points. I feel like this game could get pretty ugly here, and the Buccaneers, they're going to win this game by more than a touchdown, so I will take the six and a half. I would recommend taking it as soon as you can before it gets to seven. I it just as you said that it just made me realize how much the Falcons would benefit from just having a running back who could catch passes out of the backfield, just so Matt Ryan could dump the ball off to somebody because it's Todd Gurley and Brian Hill, and they can't do that. Yeah, especially with the offensive line in the state that it is, and not having the guys downfield. Yeah, they could really use a, a good scat back, but they do not have one right now, so maybe they should invest. <laughs> Maybe they should. Uh, my next bet is going to is going to be a two-leg teaser. These are both totals. Um, so this is a six-point teaser on point totals for games. I'm going to take the I'm going to take two overs. It's it's more fun to root for overs than unders, but also I think these are good value. I'm going to take the Lions and Titans over. It's going to be teased down to 45 and a half, and I'm going to take the Patriots Dolphins over, teased down to 35 and a half. Uh, going to be betting 150 to win 125 here. I think that a that a narrative that has slipped as the year has gone by is just how bad the New England defense is. Um, the Dolphins should be able to move the ball, sort of, no matter who's out there. Um, you know, I, there's a chance that Gesicki, Parker, and Salvin Ahmed aren't playing. I don't think that's likely, but there is a chance, and I still expect them to be able to move the ball. I also expect Cam Newton and, and Harris to run fairly well over this this Dolphins defense. So, I think that that there's going to be a little more scoring in that game than the line reflects and I'm teasing it down anyways. And then Lions and Titans. I mean, these are two just horrible defenses. This game should be high scoring with how horrible they are. So I'll take the over in that game as well. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I like the Lions one more than the Patriots Dolphins one, just because that Patriots Dolphins game might take like two hours of real lifetime. It might go by so quickly with 
the Patriots running the ball and then the Dolphins running their usual methodical offense. But 35 and a half is so low. Surely, Ben, that they will win that bet for you. But <laughs> that's that's what I was thinking. But you had to bring yeah. out the Shirley word. I mean, if you told me right now that the Patriots or the Dolphins win this game 20 to 14, I would not be shocked and that would lose for you. But, you know, it, it's probably going over 35 and a half. So hopefully that comes through for you. Um, My last bet of the week is going to be a should not lose parlay. It's going to be uh, the rest of my money here. I forgot to jot it down. I believe I have $145 left. I've got the Colts money line, the Rams money line, the Ravens money line, and the Steelers. That comes out to minus 152. I like all of those. The Colts are the only team in this parlay that even has a conceivable chance of losing, right? I mean, the Rams are playing against the Jets. The Ravens are playing against the the tanking Jaguars. And the Steelers are playing against the Bengals on Monday Night Football. So the Colts are the only team I'm even remotely worried about. And I'm really not worried about the Colts. They are better than the Texans in pretty much every single way. Even if Deshaun Watson goes full Deshaun Watson and tries to put the team on his back, I'm not worried because I think the Colts can still outscore them. We mentioned all the guys Rivers has to throw to. Hines and Taylor out of the backfield. They did it a couple weeks ago. They're going to do it again. Rivers has looked fine lately. He should have time to throw. So I don't know. Do you see anyone ruining this parlay for me, Ben? Uh, no, but uh, you are correct. I, I think it's worth noting that I, I didn't take the Colts this week for a very specific reason, and that is that the Texans absolutely should have won that game if not for a botched snap in the last two minutes. And also, Phillip Rivers is dealing with whatever that injury is that he's going to need surgery on in the offseason. There's a chance that his play starts to degrade as it starts to wear at him a little bit. I, I mean, I understand why you threw it in here because, you know, the odds make sense, and also they definitely should win. But I would not be surprised if the Texans won the game. Yeah, that stuck in my mind that they should have won that one game, but that feels like that was their one chance to beat the Colts this year, who are a better team than them. Now they're going to Indianapolis. I just feel like they blew their shot to pull the upset, and now the Colts are, might just put it on them this week. But, yeah, that, yeah, that is the that's the much more likely scenario. I, I agree with that. I just think, you know, there's a chance that Sean Watson does it again for sure. Yeah, I got you. It's definitely fair. That's why I'm the most concerned about it, but should be a winner. Um, Should you, got, be. Yeah, you got one more left for me here. I do have one more. This is my sort of, you know, uh, low risk, high reward, um, <laughs> low odds parlay. It's going to be a three leg parlay. These are all spread. So I'm just taking straight spread numbers from uh, Bavada. So I'm taking the Browns minus six and a half against the Giants. The Buccaneers minus six and a half against the Falcons. So the same bet that Aaron took uh, naked and the Chiefs minus three against the Saints. I'm going to be betting $50 to win 298 on this bet. Uh, here, I'm just taking the touchdown for Browns and Bucks. I mean, the, I would have expected the line to be more. You're right. I expect this Buccaneers line to move towards seven as we get closer to game time. The Browns should beat the Giants by a touchdown. They can just run Nick Chubb all over him if they want to. And I think that the Chiefs are a much better team than the Saints. I think New Orleans hasn't really shown me anything yet against a real opponent. They don't have Michael Thomas. It's a breeze first game back. It just might be a total disaster if he was rushed, which it sort of sounds like he was because Taysom Hill didn't get it done against the Eagles. So um, I like this bet for me. I don't fully expect it to hit because, you know, the odds are what they are. But I, I, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility either. Yeah, you could really use it, Ben. You're starting to creep up on me a little bit. It. It was only a couple of weeks ago where I was up over $2,000 and you were barely positive, but I've fallen back a little bit. I'm down to, you know, barely over 1300. You're nearing 700. You're closing the gap on me a little bit here with a couple of weeks left to go. You know, we'll go into the playoffs, but if that parlay hits for you, we might have something to talk about come next week's pod about, you know, you kind of closing the gap, but I'm hoping it does because I'm more concerned about, you know, our overall success as a pod, but Things could get a little interesting if you hit that one. And and talk about it, we will. We will we will certainly be talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever we hit a parlay like that, we're going to brag about it. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us, unless you got anything else, Aaron. No, I would just say um, we did the last two weeks, we have done midweek NBA podcasts. So if you're listening to this football podcast, but you also enjoy the NBA, we talked about the uh, team total over under wins for every single team in the NBA. We gave out some best bets as long as uh, and, and some season predictions. So check out those NBA pods. They are posted on our Twitter feed at Cash Landing Pod. They're on Apple. They're on Spotify. Um, you can rate and review us there. 
recommend the show to a, to a friend if you think uh, they will like the show, if you like the show. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And I'm good, Ben, unless you got anything else. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna be doing some some NBA daily fantasy stuff as well. I don't think we've exactly worked out a schedule for it, but um, it is definitely going to be happening. I don't know if it's going to be once a week or maybe maybe more, maybe less once NFL season ends. But uh, we'll, we'll for sure figure that out. NBA DFS is definitely fun. NBA DFS is very fun. Um, eventually, baseball hot stove stuff will happen. We will be giving our thoughts out. And once all of that is settled, we will most likely be doing the exact same thing that we did for the NBA. We'll do it for the MLB. We'll talk about the over-unders there. And uh, yeah, there, there will be pods in the future. You know, we'll, we'll guarantee that. Oh, absolutely. And uh, with that, I'm just going to say thank you for listening and uh, yeah, tune in next time.